Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. We are here post-Monza. We've had time to digest just exactly what we watched, a lead, a battle for the lead, and um, just needed a bit of time to lie down, Tommy, and, and really sort of soak in what we saw. You needed time to lie down and recover from your heart rate for that those final laps. Yeah, I wish I'd been wearing uh, an Apple Watch or something at the time. I usually do, but I wasn't wearing one, and I would have loved to have seen what it got up to watching those two Ferrari drivers uh, battle uh, the way they did, as if it was some sort of F1 game sprint lobby in the last uh, four laps of the of the race. That would have been quite something. I think actually, I wa- I think I remember I was wearing my Apple Watch for. Abu Dhabi 2021 and the formation lap, it, I had a warning on the formation lap that my heart rate was too high. Wow. I don't know if that so just says you were nervous, nervous or unfit, one or the other, but... Both, <laughs> both I think. <laughs> right, let's dive into the driver ratings then and begin with Logan Sargent. Started 15th, finished 13th. Now, it's interesting, this one, because... You look at that and you go, ah, oh, well, you know, 13th isn't too bad. But Alex Albon is doing wonders in that car now. And as you've said many times, Tommy, this Williams this Williams car is good. It is not a Haas. It is not a backmarker, especially around a track like Monza. And Logan had a, a very poor qualifying, I would have to say, you know, starting 15th, easily an opportunity to make it through to Q3 with what Albon showed. And then to, to finish 13th, not make that much up considering the straight line speed of that Williams. It, yeah, it just it just didn't work out for him. So I've given him a four out of 10 um, because I probably should have said that rating earlier, but here we are. And he, he again as well got a penalty for dive bombing Bottas and just smashing into the side of him. Poor old Valtteri was about, you know, he had that point. He could see it at the end of the tunnel. And then a Logan into the side of him. Didn't stop him though, did it? No, it didn't. I've gone for a 5 out of 10 for Logan Sargent. Maybe it's a bit generous. Maybe it's a 4.5, but I'll give him a 5. But I am getting a little bit... I don't know. Logan, the way he's sort of driving at the moment, I don't think he's doing a particularly good job. Um, You know, we're quite a way into the season now. Yes, of course, he's a rookie. But like we were just saying, the Williams is good. Alex Albon has scored 21 points this year and is 13th in the championship. Logan still hasn't scored a point. Um, you know, it's not like you look at maybe like an Alpha Tauri and, you know, Nick DeVries scored no points, but then Yuki's only got three points and Lawson's not got a point yet. Or you, we're talking about how Magnussen's completely, you know, washed at the moment because he's only scored two points but Hulkenberg's only got nine you know the deficit between Albon and Sargent is massive and I think it's it's too big um other than Bahrain this year he's not really shown for me that he kind of maybe should have been there in the first place to be honest and he really needs to pick up his results yeah we're at the stage of the year I think now where you can't really just keep saying oh he's a rookie we saw Nick DeVries last year perform Brilliantly, look what doing. and look what Lawson's doing. These are the kind of, well, maybe not Nick DeVries' example, but look, Liam Lawson's example of yeah. that that glimpse of potential that you see almost immediately when they get in the car. That's the kind of 
thing that makes teams sit up and take note immediately. Sargent, yeah, he finished, I think, nearly 25 seconds off Albon around a track that you would expect him, Williams, to be good at. Uh, but it was only on Albon's side. So, uh, sorry, Logie, but it's not a good result uh, from us either. Alex Albon now started sixth, finished seventh. Gone for a nine out of ten for Albon. Um, he's just got the most out of that Williams. I think it is a good car um, now. And, uh, yeah, he's done a very good job to to get a P7, qualified well as well. Um, and, yeah, his race is the most he could hope for behind the, the two Red Bulls, the two Ferraris and the two Mercs. Uh, and then, basically, he was just holding off uh, McLaren with that lovely Williams straight line speed. Um, and, yeah, it's another another good job for Albon to score even more points. Um 21, 21 points at this stage is an absolute massive haul for for William for a Williams driver. So, yeah, well done, Albon. He's driving very well indeed. Okay, for Alex, I have given him a nine out of ten as well. Uh, I think it was almost a ten. I think if he had finished, if he'd finished, not well, God. I mean, you look at that: two Red Bulls, two Ferraris, two Mercedes. How much more does that man need to do to get a 10? Scrap it. He's getting a 10. Well done, Alex Albon. That was... I mean, you said it yourself, Tommy. He's maximised everything he possibly could out of that. He's not beating Hamilton. He's not beating any of the top three cars because they have too much too much uh, cornering speed. Uh, Albon's obviously great on a straight line. That's about it. So, yeah, well done, Alex. You get a whopping 10 out of 10. Liam Lawson now started 12th, finished 11th. I am going to give Liam a 9 out of 10. I, again, am incredibly impressed with with how he's taken to the car. I am calling this his first proper race weekend because Zandvoort was, was not normal by any stretch. And also he came in uh, last minute and um, just missing out on points. He's he's driven so he, he had a great qualifying. He... he it wasn't too far away from maybe getting Bottas, what we'd say, about six or so seconds. Six but seconds, yeah. but yeah, I think there's not much more we can really expect from him at this stage in a car that is not worthy of points, a driver that doesn't have the experience of, of others around him. Uh, I'm being very, very generous perhaps, but I'm giving him a nine. I've gone for an eight out of 10 for Liam Lawson. Um, yeah, he, he's been another impressive weekend. Uh, a good result to say that he did a two-stop. His move that's doing the rounds on Twitter on a Haas is absolutely crazy, um, in a good way, a good crazy, um, where he's so far back. Obviously, he's got the benefit of of better tyres and stuff because he did that two-stop, but really impressive move, showing that he's very confident already. And, um, yeah, maybe points might have been on the cards, but, you know, it's very early in his his career and uh, he's doing a very good, solid job. So well done, Liam. Yeah, because as well, you have to say, we didn't have any DNFs of a of cars that were quicker than than Lawson. You had Ocon and Sonoda, Sonoda maybe, but you know there yeah. wasn't uh, any top runners that had particularly massive problems. Obviously, you had Piastri, but um, he he came through, didn't he? Uh, but had that penalty at the end, which uh, meant Lawson got promoted. So. So yeah, I, I, I'm very impressed, and I think um, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what happens next. But I'm also very concerned for Daniel Ricciardo, and I will continue to say that I'm very concerned for Daniel Ricciardo <laughs> and what is going to happen to the driver market. 
Yuki Tsunoda now started 11th. Did not start. Let alone did not finish. Didn't start. He didn't. It's happened, a few, it's happened before in his career. Um, I'm giving him a 6 out of 10. It's very difficult to, to grade this one, obviously, because he didn't even do the race. So I feel like 5 out of 10, I've given him an extra point for qualifying um, because, you know, 11th is a, is a good job. Um, it's one of those things where I don't want to give him like a 4 or a 5 when he didn't do the race that's not his fault because then it would bump down his average unfairly so i think a six is a fair result and that's exactly the same uh, grade that i've given a six out of ten as well um yeah uh, we have to grade him because otherwise the numbers the averages all go completely out the window so uh yeah it's it was it was a really good two-thirds of a formation lap like the way he hit those apexes oh, he looked good going into the race uh so that's why i've given him a six <laughs> out of ten um but no he even said himself that he could have made q3 but um yeah uh, he might have he might have taken he that point, point away from Bottas, yeah. potentially. But who knows? So, uh, unfortunately, Yuki uh, doesn't get any higher than a 6 out of 10. Nico Hulkenberg now started 13th, finished 17th. It's the story of Nico Hulkenberg's season, really. Hmm. He'll qualify all right, or sometimes amazingly, but always falls back because that Haas is... It's, I, I feel like it's like a B-Tech Ferrari in some ways, where it's good in qualifying... Heats up the tyres really nicely, can get a good lap in, but then heating up the tyres nicely means the tyres just de just destroy themselves over the course of a race. Um, he did a two-stop. Basically, every two-stopper didn't score points. So that kind of tells you <laughs> that the two-stop was not the way to go. Um, but five out of ten, I think, for Nico, uh, for me this time round, just purely because it's kind of down the middle very difficult to judge, but 17th. I mean, they are so bad, Haas. Like, how? They just... Oh, it, it's really sad to see because I'm worried for their future. I'm worried what's actually going to happen to them next because they aren't a big team. We've seen many times in Drive to Survive, Gunter Steiner on the phone to Gene Haas and, oh, they're going to have to pull the plug if we don't do something soon. I feel like we might see another season of that uh, when this comes out. It does feel like they only exist for Drive to Survive, really, because they're not offering much else in F1. Um, but yeah, uh, Nico Hülkenberg, I've gone for a 6 out of 10, mainly just because I feel like 13th is quite a good qualifying position in that rubbish car. And when tyre wear wasn't a factor, you know, he got a great start, got ahead of Fernando Alonso, and then, of course, um, Haas going to Haas, and <laughs> they just plummet to the back with awful tyre wear. Haas going to Haas. Kevin Magnussen now started 19th, finished 18th. Gone for a 4 out of 10. Um, pretty much the standard Kevin Magnussen race of qualifying poorly. The house is rubbish anyway, so it gets a bit of a benefit of the doubt. But yeah, not really on Hulkenberg's level in, in qualifying. And uh, yeah, just sound like a broken record with, with K-Mag. I do think they, they hide him too early personally, but... He's going to be there next year, and maybe they might have a card that has tyres, and we'll get to see what they can do properly. Has tyres. Yeah, fair. I've gone for a 3 out of 10 for K-Mag. I'm just very bored now. I, I, I think I've said this even before. K-Mag, we, we, we saw Hulkenberg and Magnussen as this level, like level playing field. Sometimes one driver will beat the other driver and vice versa. No, Hulkenberg is spanking him. He's absolutely destroying him this season. And again, like 
qualifying 19th. The Haas has potential. He's just not extracting it over the one point in the weekend where he should be. The race, whatever. Clearly the Haas doesn't work. But in qualifying, it's almost like I weight some more of my negative rating towards that because that's the only real time that the Haas drivers can actually do something with the car. So oh, it's just very... Yeah, I, I completely agree with you as well, Tommy, that Haas have... I don't know what they're doing. Why they've signed him so early, I do not know. Because at this at this rate, if your car's that bad anyway, put in a young talent and maybe you'll find something amazing. Because right now, you're not getting what we both thought they were trying to get, which was two solid midfield drivers that will score points. Now, I know they haven't got the car and I think Hulkenberg would do that. But K-Mag, I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, it's just painful. It's the same, let's say, every week. But hey-ho. Speaking of... Uh... Boring, predictable, rubbish results. We'll move on. Lance Stroll now started 20th, finished 16th. I have gone for a whopping 2 out of 10 for Lance Stroll. I know he missed FP1 and then 2 due to, you know, there was a fuel system issue and then Drogovic went in his car for FP1. I don't care. Nick DeVries, he went in with... with I know he had about three different car experiences over the course of that weekend, but we saw Liam Lawson jump into the F1 car for the first time ever around Zanf. It's It's not, in my opinion, an excuse for someone as experienced as Lance Stroll uh, for that to be uh, something that you go, oh, well, you know, he, he missed a couple of practice sessions. It's Monza. You know what I mean? Uh, he then even admitted himself that quality was the worst session he, he's ever had. Uh, no surprise, he's literally qualified last. Um, and then I think he, how far did he finish away from Alonso? Alonso was, oh my God, let me do the maths there real quick. 3.12. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're about 35, 36 seconds behind Fernando Alonso. It's absolutely unforgivable at this point. Yeah, it is. Uh, I actually just had a quick check to see Lance Stroll's um, entries. And uh, yeah, he's made 136 starts. So you can't really say that him... Missing FP1 uh, and FP2 is an excuse. Um, just driving abysmally. Uh, I've gone for a three out of ten. And like Ooh. I said in the quali, um, I thought with just, abysmally you might have you might have joined me on the two express, but no, no. Um, just because I know he's got worse in him. Okay, <laughs> Monaco. <laughs> uh, I, it's it's harsh not to be savage, but it is just boring. Like it's actually just. Is is boring to have the same conversation and know that he'll never be replaced, which shouldn't be the way. And he he seems like a nice enough person, and you kind of, in a way, I kind of feel sorry for him because he does have a load of pressure on him to to succeed. And I do wonder how does much he actually though? enjoying it. Does he have pressure? No, on him not to not succeed? pressure. But sorry, I guess he he gets the the most negative. Um, negative uh, kind of press, I guess, of any Formula One driver, but at the moment it's deserved because he's rubbish. I mean, I would also say that he doesn't really get any press. I feel like the even the press have kind right. of just gone, it's just Lance, isn't it? You know, he's he's got the seat. Yeah, you never see him on anything, do you, or interviews or anything like that, so yeah. No, he's just kind of existing in Formula One, which is which is probably why, why we ha we're so sort of um, emotional about it is because, you know, we know what that... Uh, that Aston Martin can do um, and it just seems like quite a, a sad sort of cycle where 
Lance doesn't clearly feel too motivated to improve. And I don't know. It just, it's not working, but I don't think it's going to change, is it? So, no. Fernando Alonso now started in, uh, 10th, finished 9th. Gone for a 7 out of 10 for Fernando. Um, feel like he's got a good amount out of a, a not great car around here. It's not. It's not an Aston Martin track, as we saw with with Stroll, but it's not it's not a worldy Fernando Alonso uh, drive. It's just him kind of being a consistent driver that's picking up uh, a good amount of points in the in the car. He wasn't far off. He was on the back of that Albon train actually at the end, um, but yeah, couldn't make it happen. Yeah, he was indeed. He was uh, yeah right behind uh, Norris and, and and Albon. I've gone for a seven out of ten as well uh, for Fernando, as you say. It's it, this is a thing like these kind of weekends you go, is that literally all Fernando Alonso could have done? We're, we're going to assume so, uh, but we can't give him tens every week, Tommy. And I know that you probably would love to, uh, because you know, Fernando Alonso only delivers tens. Um, but yeah, that, that Aston Martin just doesn't work around uh, these kind of uh, tracks and still picked up a couple of points um, and adds to his tally for, for the year and continues to extend his lead over, over his teammate. I'm looking forward to seeing how big that, that margin might be. Uh, come the end of the season, although probably not as big as Verstappen versus Perez, is it? So we'll get on to that another time. Valtteri Bottas now started 14th, finished 10th. I've gone for an 8 out of 10 for good old Valtteri, getting a point in that Alfa Romeo that was looking incredibly beautiful with that Italian flag on the back. Um, and yeah, it was a good weekend from, from Bottas. You know, he, he was clear of his teammate by around 15 or so seconds and showed some reasonable form and I'm so happy because we've been slandering Valtteri at times because he's looked like he wanted to retire uh, and doing a, a Kimi Raikkonen at the end of his career but no Valtteri picked up a point I'm happy for him yeah also gone for an 8 out of 10 um, yeah he, he's picked up a point uh, it's, a, it's a good drive uh, a very good drive actually but he's yeah he's come through the field in that kind of he's finished out I would say best of the rest of that kind of lower pack if you like um and done a good job to get points and i'm very happy that that uh very good looking alfa romeo got points as well yeah definitely gone down in history uh, show guan Yu now started 16th finished 14th gone for a six out of ten for show guan Yu. actually no now i've said it now I've given valtteri an eight i'm actually going to give him a five um because yeah um 14th now I see where everyone actually finished it's very anonymous um yeah just it's is one of those um drives almost reminds me of Antonio Giovinazzi where you're just like were you even in that race um why aren't you doing anything? <laughs> uh, and it's a shame because oh, leave Chio uh, alone Jesus that was that was the most <laughs> That was unexpected bit of slander thrown to an XF1 driver I've ever seen. Yeah, but he, he's just that classic midfield driver that you just don't see the whole weekend. And uh, what could you really say about about his his weekend? It's just kind of normal. And yeah, his his drive's looking under threat now. And it pains me to say it because uh, Joe seems a really nice guy. I like him a lot. And I think he was unfairly treated at the start of his career when he arrived in Formula 1. But if we actually look at the facts, do I think Porcher would do a better job? Yes. So I can see uh, why Alfa Romeo are looking at mm. potentially replacing him. And I think that it would be a deserved switch, which wow. is a shame because I like Jay. God, you've, you've changed your tune. 
Mm. One one bad monster, and you're like, ah, I'm done with you, mate. Thank you very much. Yep, that's the uh, the straw that broke the camel's back right there. <laughs> no, it's just it's just the fact that you know if if you literally if it's literally between those two, you know it would be hard to argue that Portia doesn't deserve it if he wins the F2 title. Very interesting. Worth mentioning as well that obviously Joe did a two stop strategy, pitted so early off the mediums and. As I said, no no one uh, that actually did a two-stop uh, ended up scoring points. So uh, Bottas made it work beautifully, starting on the hard tyres, one of the only drivers uh, to start with alongside Hamilton and Magnussen and, and extended his, uh, his stint all the way to lap 20, 25. Magnussen went 12 laps on the hards, I've just seen. That is... What, what's going <laughs> what the hell's no, doing? They're like, no, we, we're definitely going to commit to a two-stop. Uh, my grade for Zhou Guan Yu is a five out of 10 as well. Uh just the, the two stop didn't work and he was i think 15 or so seconds behind bottas at the end obviously with that extra stop doesn't help because it's a very long um pit lane you lose a lot of time and monza's not one of those tracks where having the faster fresher rubber sometimes doesn't even work because it's so difficult to overtake so um yeah joe Guanyu, five out of ten from me 
it can't be anything more than than a seven for his finishing position. But uh, I think he's unlucky because he was did do a good job uh, alongside Lando, and I think was in terms of pace the the better McLaren driver of the weekend. Yeah, and he got a penalty, didn't he, at the end for uh, gaining yeah. an unfair advantage, and which uh, dropped him down a position. But yeah, seven for Oscar. Lando Norris now started ninth, finished eighth. Gone for a seven out of ten as well for Lando. Feel like the McLaren drivers were evenly matched. Um, Lando maybe a bit slower, but got the better result. So I've gone for a seven out of ten for him. Uh, obviously, couldn't get past uh, Albon, but I can totally understand why because the McLaren is not great. It is their kind of weakest point. I think there was a there was actually a really good interview on the F1 post show. I think it was where you had Alex Albon and Lando chatting and then Charles Leclerc joined them as well. Um, a really fun interview if you've seen it. But um, Albon was talking about how when they get the speed traps released, he's always at the top and McLaren are always at the bottom. So Lando was never going to be able to overtake with the, as we mentioned in the, in the main race one, the, the fact that the DRS isn't as powerful. Yeah, he said that he um, wanted, Alex was like, if I see two McLarens or one McLaren in my mirror, he knows he's, he's pretty he's safe. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fair. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Philando, I've given him an 8 out of 10, uh, just purely because I feel like I need to give him one extra point over Piastri, considering the, the penalty that happened and obviously where Oscar actually finished the race. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's just difficult, isn't it? He was just a cork in the bottle behind, behind Albon. He definitely was quicker, I think, than the Williams. But as we've seen a few times this year, Alex literally just presses the accelerator down a straight and says good luck everybody else. So um, yeah, I think it was a decent weekend for McLaren. It's disappointing that they, did, they didn't both score points, uh, but I don't think they could have done much more. They weren't on the pace of the top three. Uh, and yeah, a shame for McLaren fans because that that sort of choo-choo train, just losing a little bit of steam at certain tracks, which uh, we, were, we were maybe wondering, weren't we, whether they could mount a charge to, to, to you know potentially get ahead of Ferrari and Aston Martin and the constructors. But they need to get bigger hauls of points than this if they want to do that. Pierre Gasly now started 17th, finished 15th. I've gone for a 4 out of 10 for Pierre Gasly. Uh, he himself said that it was a, a super painful weekend. Uh, it clearly was. Every time we looked at the Alpine, they were both knocked out, weren't they, in, in Q1, which is unheard of for uh, the talent that is behind that wheel of, of Gasly and Ocon, and then just... Didn't go anywhere. What are Alpine doing? Like it, it, clearly just a track that doesn't suit them. But when you look at other teams that have tracks that don't suit them, they, they may be at the tail end of the points, like perhaps where McLaren finished. Not fighting Haas and you know being right at the back of the field. It was a weekend to forget for Alpine, for sure. Sure was. I've gone for a 6 out of 10 for Gasly, um, mainly just because the car was awfully seated the fact that both drivers have had a, a poor weekend and Gasly's been the better of them uh means it's a six but I don't think there was much they could do really because wow they are struggling with that that straight line speed uh and no wonder they want the engines equalized because they are slow there is no way I can uh, go anywhere near a six for uh, for Gasly when he finished 1.3 seconds ahead of Stroll. Otherwise, people would be like, how did you give Stroll a two and <laughs> Gasly a six? I'm, I'll, well, stick, I'll stick with the Stroll's in a car that got points. That is true. IMO. IMO. Because this is what they are. 
<laughs> Opinions. Esteban Ocon now started 18th, did not finish. Gone for a 4 out of 10 for Ocon. Um, yeah, he, he's getting a worse grade because he made the mistake in qualifying uh, that slowed him down. Otherwise, he could have finished uh, qualified a whopping 16th <laughs> rather than 18th. Um, but joking aside, just a rubbish weekend. And then he retired and no one noticed. Um, Got to give him props for the most low-key exit of a Formula 1 race ever because I genuinely didn't notice it until the end. It was the most low-key DNF ever. Um, I don't know how... Look, I'm, look I'm, I'm bringing the swords out now, Tommy. And yeah. He was ahead of Gasly when he, when he retired. He was ahead of Gasly when yes. he retired. Okay, well, in that case, he's getting a five. <laughs> Wait, how are you only giving him a five? How can you give Gasly a six and Ocon a five? Because didn't Gasly... Sorry, didn't Ocon uh, go over the runoff is what screwed his car? Uh, I don't know that part. In the part with Al. Is that, is well, that what caught... Five, if you're, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Alpine, no one cares. I'm sure their three fans are absolutely Wow, Tommy! Jesus so, Christ! It's a four. I'm, I'm sticking my race. Sticking with a four. a four. Okay, fair yeah. enough. All right. Uh, I have gone for a four out of ten, but that's because I gave Gasly a four out of ten. Um, <laughs> just a, a weekend to forget for for, for Alpine. Um, please don't hurt us. We did we did really enjoy having an interview with Esteban Ocon, and uh, there are more than three fans uh, that Alpine have, potentially even more than and you can count on two hands. So, look, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your opinions there, Tommy, because I really enjoyed that. That was great. We went into a little bit of combat there. It was, <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, yeah, a pair of fours for the Alpine boys. Lewis Hamilton now started eighth, finished sixth. I've gone for a seven out of ten for Lewis this weekend. Not a great qualifying in comparison to George. Uh, the strategy was, of course, to go really long on the hards and then... Uh, hope to, to come through the field a little bit on a fresher medium tyres at the end and it seemed to be working quite well but you know you actually look at how far he finished behind George and I, you know, I can't give him any more than a seven because he was he was miles behind so um, so yeah it was it was an okay weekend for Hamilton but he, he finished nearly 20 seconds behind George so uh, yeah uh, I, don't, I think that probably says more about how good of a weekend George has had but yeah uh, uh, an average weekend for Lewis I've gone for a six out of ten for Hamilton um, think it was quite a poor weekend for him when he's been having a very good season. Um, I think consistency has been his thing, and it kind of shows says a lot about Hamilton that I'm giving him six. I think it's probably the worst weekend he's had, or, or one of them certainly this year, and he's still kind of picking up points. Just Mercedes things right. They've had a pretty bad weekend, and they're still fifth and sixth on the road and bagging some constructors' points. But yeah, Hamilton. Nowhere near Georgian qualifying, miles off him in the race. Uh, the incident with Piastri uh, is a very clumsy thing to happen for such an experienced driver, not not like Hamilton, um, despite some parts of the internet trying to claim that Hamilton's a dirty driver and stuff and has incidents all the time, which isn't true. Um, but it's not, a, it's not a great weekend for, for Hamilton, so I've gone for a six. Yep, completely forgot about the penalty. I'm also changing mine to a six out of ten. Thank you very much. Sorry, <laughs> editor. George Russell now started fourth, finished fifth. Gone for an eight out of ten for George Russell. Um, it's a good drive. Uh, finally, he's kind of got a good quali in the bank uh, and ahead of Hamilton. Uh, very odd incident. 
um, that got him that penalty, which obviously didn't matter at all in the end. Um, it's kind of unneeded, but I think he did did what he could. He was relatively that, unlucky, that I think, with that penalty, wasn't he? He just kind of came he, out. He just pits. yeeted it across the first chicane. He wasn't even fighting Ocon. Like Ocon was not, no. it was not the position, but he was like, "No, nah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna straight line this." Yeah, um, but no, I've gone for a, for an eight out of ten for George. I've gone for a nine out of ten for George uh, because I don't think he could have got done any more this weekend. Uh, he was not even that far away from uh, the battling Ferraris, six seconds I think behind. Uh, come the end of the race, and yet yeah, to be that clear of Lewis Hamilton is is no mean feat. So. I think a nine is absolutely warranted. And as you say, the five second penalty, which, you know, was, was really a bit just clumsy, if anything, um, but it didn't affect his race at all. And, oh, did it? I mean, if he had, and he finished six seconds off the Ferraris and had a five second penalty. So, yeah, not, not the, or was, oh, wait, was that applied at the end of the race? Uh, no, they've done it in the pits. Did it in the pits. So, so he, he could have been. Oh, on no, the... sorry, because he came out of the pits. Um, yeah. Sorry, we're washed. <laughs> No, no, he did. No, was it in the pits? No, he just came out the pits. He came. He just came out the pits and got the penalty. So yeah. it was added at the end. So it was added at the end. All right. So we're just chatting yeah. absolute breeze. That's that's that's. <laughs> this is what happens when you film a day later than when we usually do. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> and also, while while we talk about that, uh, while we're talking about that. Why can't Formula One? You've mentioned this before when we're watching a race. Why can't Formula One have a plus five graphic when it's not? I know it's really not that difficult. Um, I know we're. Stupid, Everyone knows what um, that means but... as well. It could even be plus five s something. Yeah. That just shows that there's a penalty. I don't get why that's not. It's in the F1 game. I just yeah. chuck it in the graphics. It's, yeah, and then yeah, me and Tommy right. wouldn't be doing a podcast and getting confused as to whether or not it's happened or not because we're. <laughs> Shocking behaviour. But uh, but yeah, uh, well done, George. You get a 9 out of 10. Carlos Sainz now started first, finished third. I have gone for a 9 out of 10 for Carlos Sainz. Uh, obviously an amazing pole position uh, and and fought like a lion throughout of it, throughout it. Um, just There was just a couple of mistakes. Lock up on Max Verstappen, which I, I just rue when I'm like, if he hadn't have locked up, how many more laps would he have kept Max behind for? I don't think he would have won the race, but uh, it was it was a small mistake, which of course cost him cost him the lead. Because at that point, I thought he kind of had Max's number. We, we the, the straight line speed of that Ferrari was good enough to keep that Red Bull behind, and as long as he got a good exit out of turn two, he was laughing. So, what could have been perhaps, and and then obviously for. Charles Leclerc valiantly at the end as well. And they were both off the track, but it was just brilliant to watch. And uh, yeah, uh, close to a 10, but not a 10 for me. Uh, it is a 10 for me. I've gone for a 10 out of 10. Uh, the lockup for me is like a... Grades him down a bit, but not enough to drop it down to a nine. Um, a really good drive from Carlos. Uh, like you said, as a Charles Leclerc fan, maybe sweating a bit now with how uh, much his pace... Uh, has improved um and it might not be the last time that we see those two going wheel to wheel for the uh well the excitement of every fan unless you're ferrari because i'm sure it was very nerve-wracking to watch but yeah a brilliant brilliant weekend from from science uh off the back of a, another brilliant weekend as well so uh yeah science is driving really well at the moment charlotte claire now started third finished fourth Gone for an 8 out of 10 for Charles Leclerc. Um, obviously extremely close at the end. 
uh, to getting that that podium. But uh, science was was quicker all weekend. The battle was amazing. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good good result for um, for Charles. But just an eight out of ten. I've gone for an eight out of ten as well for Charles. Um, it just didn't seem to be on the pace of, of Carlos throughout the weekend. Of course, we saw that in qualifying, although it literally was like six hundredths of a second or whatever it was uh, between between all three of them. And um, he was benefiting quite a lot from the the slipstream and the and the DRS that that was available to him through obviously Perez catching him and overtaking him, but then being dragged all the way over to to where Carlos Sainz was, and then. You know, I, I almost gave him a seven because of that last lap move. Uh, but, you know, it didn't happen. There was no crashing, very nearly crashing. Uh, he's a very lucky boy, I think, with uh, with how he locked up those front two tyres. Um, but yeah, it, it was a weekend that overall, very good. You look at it on paper, Ferrari, second fastest team, giving it a bit of a fight to Red Bull. Deserves an eight out of ten. But I think from Charles' perspective, as as you kind of mentioned, little bit concerning with with how Carlos has stepped up his game uh, in recent weeks. So, uh, yeah. But well done to both Ferrari boys. You did a very good job. And I feel bad not giving Carlos a 10. <laughs> the editor's going to really hate you if bad. you change it again. <laughs> I feel really bad not giving Carlos a 10. I've now got, like, give Carlos a 10, editor hates me. You give what you think. Yeah, screw it. 10 out of 10. Well done, Carlos Sainz. Yeah, we love it. Sorry, editor, for the 17th time on this video. We're going to need a new editor. Um, apply. Yeah, yeah, really sorry. Really sorry. <laughs> but look, it's a chaotic recording. We love to see it. Sergio Perez now started fifth, finished second. I've gone for an 8 out of 10 for Checo. Uh, massive deficit in qualifying, but we're kind of used to that now. Uh, but... Wasn't that bad in the race. Of course, kind of got stuck, but we we saw that as a running trend throughout most of the drivers trying to overtake. Um, and then obviously finishing second in the end. Wasn't far off Max, although Max was nursing an issue at the end. Um, it wasn't the worst weekend for Perez. And we kind of spoke about it, didn't we, after I think qualifying. And we, you know, I, I think you were kind of writing him off a little bit. I said, oh, look, he's, at, he's only fifth. I'm sure he'll probably stick it to the Ferraris. And he did. And he delivered that. And I think an eight out of 10 is, is worthy. Also gone for an 8 out of 10. It's the kind of drive that Checo should be doing. Of course, you know, Max is driving unbelievably well. Um, and, you know, he doesn't need to to beat Max every every weekend. He's just been on a really bad run where he's not even been finishing second. So even with the poor qualifying, you know, he's got back through to where the Red Bull should be. And, uh, yeah, finished finished second. So much more what we kind of have expected of him this year and what we kind of maybe saw more at the start of the year. So, uh, well done, well done, Checo. Much better, much better indeed. Max Verstappen now started second, finished first. I have gone for a 10 out of 10, a Max Verstappen 10, which Red Bull Racing used on their Instagram, and a lot of people tagged us in it, um, so... We said it was going to happen, and it sure did. Uh, what more else is there to say? Just 
we oh, say this we every need time. a drinking game because I swear we you do. say this every single I time. I do say it every time, what but it's true. What more is there to say? That's literally He's really good. Yeah, he's really good. And uh, he's very good at winning. Um, that what, what unbelievable insight. The insight is just, you know, I could, you, you know that I could fanboy more. Um, yeah. But the, the 10 is an amazing incredible achievement despite what Toto Wolf thinks and um, came across a little bit salty grapes. didn't yeah, it, it very really salty. Came, I was like come on like, I, I, like, like whatever like, imagine if Christian Horner had, had kind of diminished oh, been, Hamilton's achievement like he'd have got absolutely slated the whole of Team LH it, would, so. have, would have sacrificed him like there and then yeah so exactly it's an incredible achievement you look back at the races that he's done it at I saw another stat that was like Max is the first driver ever which this one is more of a Wikipedia stat, I must admit, but he's the only driver ever that's won Monaco, Silverstone, uh, Monza, and Spa, which are like the four classics kind of in, in the same year. And that, that just shows that, yes, the Red Bull is very good, which shows that it can win Monaco and Monza, but stuff's been thrown at him every single weekend. You know, he's won at a thing like Monaco. He's won at a race like Monza where it was difficult to overtake and you can go, oh, well, science made a mistake. But the fact is Max made the most of it and passed him. So, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable what he's doing. Uh, frightening how many more he could go on to achieve. And, uh, yeah, it's another another 10 out of 10. It's very possibly going to be the best season we've ever seen in F1. You wouldn't put it past him. I find it absolutely hilarious the people that uh, complain about the dominance of, of Red Bull when two drivers were lapped around Monza uh, in the race yeah. we've just had. When I, Actually, another stat that I want to throw into the mix that I saw um, is that when Red Bull... Um, so like, bearing in mind that people think Red Bull have dominated forever and they've had a very good car and a race-winning car for quite a few years now, but they... Uh, they put up that that's the 11th one-two finish for Verstappen and Perez. And you put into perspective that Max has won 10 in a row. Like, I think this is more about Perez, in maybe. In a row. But... <laughs> yeah. I did see a funny meme that I really want to happen just for the, the absolute S-housery. Is that if Max wins in Singapore, he should go over and point to the 11 on Perez's car to signify 11 wins in a row. That would be funny mm. AF. <laughs> I hope he does it, uh, just to see what the internet then uh, produces. Uh, my grade for Max Verstappen is a whopping 10 out of 10 for 10 in a row. I, I would actually want to do a little bit of insight into the race because, of course, you know, Max could have easily got quite frustrated uh, with Carlos in the lead and having that straight line speed. And, you know, obviously that Red Bull was superior in almost everywhere around the track, but not the top speed. Um the, the move that I think, again, shows what kind of driver he's become was into turns one and two on lap. I don't even want to know. I don't, I don't want to know. I can't remember, like five or six or something like that. We tried to go around the outside. Absolute carbon copy of Hamilton versus Verstappen in 2021. And he be he backed out. He saw it. He saw the move. It was almost part and parcel the same thing as what happened in 21. But he backed out and he realized, I'll fight another day. And that's just kind of the measured approach that he's now brought into his, into his game, into his driving style. And it's, it's something that is, is, is 
absolutely menacing for any other driver that goes up against him because he has got that that level of tenacity and aggression and so he will go over the line I'm sure but he's he kind of understands when to rein it in as well now uh, and he's and he's putting that into his game um that being said I'm sure when Max and Lewis uh, are next on track together that will all go out the window but for everyone else he uh he, he races them very calculated now yeah he does that was that was a good a good decision from him and yeah he picked his moment you know 2017 2018 Max Verstappen would have absolutely sent it into turn one from a huge distance back maybe flat spotted both his tires and it would have been spectacular to watch but it would have ruined his race whereas now yeah he's calculating every single move he does uh, and that's why he's he's so dominant and everything that's been thrown at him he's just gone now you're good I'll still win thank you very much yep Will it be 11 when we get to Singapore? Probably. Almost definitely. But let's see. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, an amazing 10-race run for, for Verstappen, and we have witnessed history. I know people don't like it. I know people don't like the dominance. It's part of Formula 1, unfortunately, and this is the Red Bull era at the moment. Uh, we Hopefully it won't be that for that long, and we'll at least have some, some more competition soon. Maybe. Who knows? And uh, <laughs> we now go to, who is our P1? Now, Max was going to be it, but then I've thrown Carlos into the equation. Uh, Carlos. And he had Albon as a 10 as well. Yeah, I did, he actually. three 10s, actually. Yeah, Albon. Hmm. Who was my 10? Who's my 10? Who's my P1? I'm going to give it to Verstappen because 10 out of 10, 10 wins in a row. Well done, mate. Like, I hope you're happy. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to Carlos. Um, I think he's the he's led the most laps of any non-Red Bull as well with that. Wow. Um, which is quite impressive. Um, so it can be done. You just have to get pole at a track with minimal DRS and hold the lead. But no, Carlos did a really good job, so I'll give it to Carlos. Well done, Carlos. Uh, that is it. That is the end of the driver ratings for the Italian Grand Prix. I hope you've enjoyed it. It was a bit chaotic. And uh, we, we we certainly will continue this chaos, I'm sure, into Singapore and beyond. We've got how many races left now? Um, Seven, eight? Eight, nine. 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 One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight races eight. to go until the end of the oh. season. He can't wrap it up next race, can he? Oh, no. It's still a... Is it Qatar? Still, I think Qatar's the, the... I think maybe Qatar, yeah. Yeah. So three races till the pain's over. And uh... <laughs> and then I'm sure he'll definitely let someone else win. Yeah, he'll let off the gas, won't he? Give us some, some bangers to, to end the season. No. Cool. <laughs> what are your final thoughts, Tommy? Uh, final thoughts are... Um, sorry, Alpine fans, for not analysing every second of Arcon's race. You should be. They will, they will be on you, my friend. And uh, we will see you very soon for another wonderful piece of content here on the P1 channel. Bye! Bye. P1 is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.